We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. episode of Inside Golf Podcast is brought to you by RickRenGoods.com. All of the stats, tools, and info that I will be referencing on the podcast can be found over at RickRenGoods.com. I would say that for many, this is the first real week of the golf season. So if you are a football guy and you've been focusing all of your attention on football and you're looking to sink your teeth into something new, I would highly encourage you to join the team at rickrengood.com. We have a very active Slack channel. The website has absolutely everything that you need for golf betting and DFS, including three premium articles from myself every single week, full course breakdowns, season-long fantasy golf rankings for every single week. I answer start-sit questions, waiver wire questions. We have model generators, DraftKings ownership, player profiles. Honestly, I do not know where I would be without it. I do not even know how you would approach betting on golf or playing DraftKings golf without all of these tools. So with football winding down, now is as good of a time as ever to sign up. So head on over to rickrungood.com, promo code Andy. Make sure to type in Andy in the coupon code section if you want to help me out and so they know that I sent you. And we would love to have you as part of the team. That Slack channel, by the way, is the best place to reach me for any questions. And overall, it is an incredible community that I'm proud to be a part of. And we would love to have you be a part of as well. All right. Coming up on this podcast, I'll be joined by my very good friend, John Hasselbauer. You probably know him as PGA Tout on Twitter to talk all things Phoenix Open plus... Of course, we've got some Super Bowl talk in there at the end. Ton of great info in here. John is one of my favorite people to talk golf with, and this is one of the best tournaments of the year. So we hope you enjoy this one as much as we did. And without further ado, let's talk to John. All right, John Hasselbauer is here. You probably know him as PGA Tout on Twitter. He does uh, a number of things per week. He mainly does content for the lines. John, it's uh it's great to see you, my friend. I feel like it's been uh it's been far too long. When's the last time we've done this? That is a good question. It has been a while. I it might be my blue wire debut. I'm not entirely Ooh, sure. It's I definitely the first of 23. Yeah. So it, it could well, congrats. It could be you, out a year. you may get cut off by a McDonald's ad at some point in the podcast. <laughs> who can say? I am an ad guy, so I it would be my pleasure to be cut off. As long as it's not a Burger King Whopper ad, I, I'm okay with it. So are you in or out on that ad? Because uh, Bill Simmons did a segment on it on his podcast like last week or something. And I feel like it kind of, I feel like they kind of nailed this one. Like it it, kind of gets stuck in your head big time. Yeah. It's a study of frequency in the ad environment of we've hit a tipping point and now it's just, you've run it so many times that it's engraved in every person's lives. So you better have a decent tagline if you're going to do that. Otherwise, everyone's going to hate you. I'll give props. The guy's got a good voice. Like no one's talking about that, <laughs> but it's a pretty good jingle. The, the lyrics need some work. It's nothing. They I think the fact like, that they I, fe- I think the fact that they end it with you rule 
is smart because it kind of gets that. you pumped up. It's like, fuck yeah, dude, I do rule. Thank yeah. you. Burger King, like King's rule, you rule. Like <laughs> it's it's a nice little pat on the back. I was out on Burger King. This doesn't make me still out. Like I feel like it's like trendy now to get Burger King again. I kind of have never I've always, I've kind of always been out on Burger King too. Like I'm not like seeking out Burger King. I would put it firmly behind McDonald's. No. Shout yeah. out McDonald's who's just getting a ton of ton of love early in the podcast. I know the only reason like they put in the ads for me and I don't ever listen to my podcast. So I have no idea what the ads actually are, but my mom was telling me that it, when she was listening to my most recent podcast that it was a McDonald's ad. So that's the oh, only reason why. Yeah, that's the only reason why I keep mentioning McDonald's. But I have no idea what the ads are that they drop in. Literally none. Well, I'll tell you this. The ads are, the the targeting is getting smarter in advertising, which is what I spend my daytime learning about. Yeah, and for people that don't know, John does this full-time for HBO, HBO Max. Yeah, so you could work with a company that is listening to or crawling through the audio and here's McDonald's in the pod and it's like, we're going to dynamically insert a McDonald's ad because they're talking about it. So that might be, we just keep saying McDonald's, like it would be interesting <laughs> to look back on this and see if we got it right. Um, do you guys have any big uh, Super Bowl ads that you guys are excited for? Um, we did last year. Propriet we had a you can't. Time you, ad. You, you can't even tell me if you if you could, right? I'm it's technically not information. Yeah, to. yeah. I think that we won't this year. We I should know that by now because we are in Super Bowl week. Um, we definitely did for winning time last year because it was. Well, in I was going to say the, the next. Playing. The next big one is Succession, right? When does season three drop? It's kind of. I feel like it's coming up pretty soon. March twenty sixth. Teaser trailers oh out. Is the teaser trailer out? Oh yeah, not the full trailer, just a teaser. But we got okay. a taste in the market. I'm super excited for that. Are you White Lotus guy? Love White Lotus. I thought yeah, season I was two was better than season one. Agreed. I thought season two is awesome. You know, it's such like a tough hang, but you kind of can't look away. Like all the people are so miserable and hard to root for. And yet at the same time, I find it like one of the most watchable and addictive shows on television, despite me kind of hating all the characters. And I don't know how a show is able to accomplish that. Yeah, well, hate is a passion point, and if you pull on people's passions, you 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 bring them in. And I thought that season one really relied on a great cast, uh -huh. and season two also had a great cast. But I thought season great two also cast had a great in plot. season two. Yeah, yeah, great cast in season two. Also, I thought Aubrey Plaza really kind of came into her own. Like this felt kind of like the perfect role for her, and I was like, oh wow, like she's actually like a really good actress. I thought it was a yeah. good part for her. Yeah, absolutely. She's, uh, I would say that she used to be typecast and probably not anymore. I don't remember seeing anything with her in it that wasn't like pure, like dark comedy. So maybe did this you opens watch, up um, doors for her. Did you watch Emily the Criminal by any chance? It's no. another movie that she starred in this year. She was good in that too. I, d I do know what you're talking about now. That you, yeah, check it out. You mentioned um, it. No, it's worth checking out. So you've got no, okay, so nothing, nothing crazy for the super bowl are you you're going to be staying in new york right you're not doing any do you have any bachelor parties or any traveling this week or anything like that because you've been down there before right you've been to you've been to scottsdale now i was on two bachelor parties in march last year in scottsdale so i got my scottsdale fix love that town okay. great place for a party i had an offer actually from DraftKings to go in their suite to the waste management this did week. you really um but i am Big tapped time, out of why well, can i ask like why are you like low-key i mean we're in a very active group chat together where we're talking about our bets and our DraftKings lineups pretty much every day <laughs> did you like low-key win a giant DraftKings tournament and just didn't tell us no it's it's like kind of ironic that it was through through work through the HBO stuff because we oh, talking has, so it doesn't have like anything to do it doesn't have anything to do with your Twitter presence. This is like a None. job DraftKings thing. They may not even be aware that I like golf. Um, <laughs> just this other <laughs> half of my life, but yeah, I basically like don't have vacation days because I'm going on my honeymoon later this year. So I was like, if I was going to do it, it was going right. to be like 48 yeah. hours in Phoenix. So so for the listeners, John is getting married very soon. When is the 
wedding? Wedding is October 14th in okay. Jersey City. In Jersey City. Do you have everything planned out? Are you still in the planning phase or it's kind of like you're, you got everything lined up and ready to go? It's just kind of wait time. Well, I, I guess it's never fully ready to go. There's always like a little something here or there, but we've got venue, pretty much all the vendors. I think the next step is honeymoon. We're looking at New Zealand. I know wow. we have a pretty big New Zealand following on on Twitter. I know Brian's big in New Zealand doing a local news appearance to talk about Ryan Fox. We love how Ryan do you Fox. guys find this stuff out? Like, how do you find out? Cause I get emails sometimes from chartable. Like you are the number nine <laughs> golf podcast in like Canada or something like that. But I, I don't even know how to find these things out. Well, I mean, for articles, there is stuff in, in WordPress and I used to look in that and it was like uh Czech Republic. I had like where you can find highly over indexing. You can find visit. You could find visitors from what country that they're in. Yeah, and I, there's a few out there in New Zealand. New Zealand people love golf. There's a good oh base yeah. There. I mean, they have some of the greatest golf courses in the world. I was going to say, if you're going to New Zealand on your honeymoon, where does your fiance stand on you bringing your golf clubs? Because I could give you a couple recommendations. I mean, Cape Kidnappers, Cape Wickham. There's a lot of good stuff out there. That that could be another podcast. I'm not bringing my clubs. It's such a long flight and there's so many connections that I'm just going to lose them. So I, it would be cool to play once over the two weeks over there, but it'll probably be with rentals. Yeah. It's like a full day trip, right? Like you're going from, yeah. If you're trying to get to New Zealand from New York, you're, you're pretty much, that's a travel day and a half almost, right? Yeah. We are leaving Sunday night and getting there Tuesday morning, <laughs> So, <laughs> but it'll be worth it, you know, other side of the world. Right. Have you ever been to that? Have you ever been, you've been to Australia, Asia, any place like that? No, I haven't. The farthest I've been is probably Montenegro. Jeez. Probably like a 10 to 12 hour flight. Right. But yeah. Now, I guess, you know, if you're in LA, you've LA roots and it's probably more standard. I do not have the LA roots. Well, I, I mean, you've got a base, you've got a home. Yeah. You've yeah. got a country club. I do not claim LA. I claim New York. <laughs> I, I know the New York golf club as my one in rapping. three New York golf club. Yeah. The team I'm finally, you know, this is like the first week all year that I could field a full, a full team last, <laughs> last week. I couldn't even field a full team, but yeah, apparently Shane Lowry and Fleetwood are golfers that exist. Good to know because I drafted <laughs> we're about to find out. Like, yeah. We're about to find out. Cause I drafted them in like the third and, and fourth rounds. Yeah. Of my draft. And this is the first time we're getting to see them. But yeah, I mean, I guess we'll use that as a segue to start talking about this golf tournament, which is a good one, man. Huh? Probably what the most excited we've been for a golf tournament since what, like the British Open? Yeah, probably. I mean, the best field since the major swing. 100%. Um, and a lot of like faces that we haven't seen yet at this event attracted by this being an elevated event with a super high purse. So even higher stakes than the ridiculous energy that that comes with this event that we're yeah. used to does it change anything for you i mean the fact that they're playing for more money i mean i feel like this tournament already has such a discernible and unique identity that the fact that it's elevated now and it has just a better field like i don't really even think it changes anything i think the event is like perfect no matter what yeah i think I totally agree. And the, the difference is your Tommy Fleetwoods of the world, your Rory's, yeah. uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, these guys typically don't come here. And because which it's is awesome event, that they are, by it. the way. Yeah. Yeah. The only guy. Okay. So do you think Zal is skipping this because he wants to use this as his one elevated event that he wants to miss just for like, I don't know, scheduling stuff? Or do you think he's still kind of hurt? And maybe the last time that he played, he was like, hmm, I'm a little farther off than I thought I was. I, I don't really have an explanation. It's weird. Like we're in the desert. This is an easy walk. It's it's not a long course like this. There's no rough here practically. So like there's yeah. not anything that you would have to worry about on this course, like a Tory Pines, which he did play um, that could like aggravate a, a bad back. So 
and I would think at any player on tour, like this is good for your brand. Like there's a lot of eyeballs on this. This is Agreed. the big Super Bowl. Especially Zalatoris, who I feel so bad that he got cheated out of like, he he got hurt at like financially the worst time to get hurt <laughs> on the golf calendar. Like he was what? Wasn't he like top five in the FedEx Cup standings? And then he gets hurt in the first playoff event. Yeah, he got hurt at the BMW. And he was like, I think he was playing pretty well that week too. And then. Well, he just he just lost a huge payday for because I mean even if you finish last at Eastlake, all those guys that are if you're going to Eastlake, I mean you're making a killing, and that's even to say like bare minimum he plays terrible. I think he still would have made it to Eastlake and made a shit ton of money. Yeah, it's a, it's unfortunate when you come when you're someone with his upbringing uh, to miss <laughs> out on a few dollars. Like, <laughs> he's probably gonna lose a little sleep, <laughs> but maybe that's why he's not here. Maybe he means right. maybe an elevated purse means absolutely nothing to Zalatoris. Um, I I don't I think a lot of people know this, but he did you listen to his no laying up interview by any chance recently? Not the full one. I, I saw some snippets of it though. Yeah, so he was like he was casually dropping that he grew up playing the cow club. Uh, which I don't know if a lot of people know, but that's like one of the most, that's one of the nicest, most exclusive country clubs in the country. And he just drops like, yeah, you know, I grew up playing the cow club with my dad before we moved to Dallas. It's like, dude, the cow club is like one of the greatest golf courses in the country. <laughs> and I think his dad's like a big real estate guy in, in Dallas too. So yeah, I think he's fine. Him and Mav, yeah. no concerns over there. <laughs> Yeah, Mav like skipped the WGC match play last year that he was like qualified for to play somewhere else so he could like try to chase a win in Corrales or something. Yeah, and it's then like, he yeah, just like, and then and then he just like withdrew from Pebble Beach, like his favorite event in the you know what? And I apologize if you were one of those people I can't remember off the top of my head. That's on you if you bet Mav at 18 to 1 last week. Like that is a like I have no sympathy for you. If you played him in DraftKings at like 9,620%. If you bet him at 18 to one, that one's on you guys. It is certainly in the cards whenever you bet someone who's not gained on approach in, in three <laughs> months straight. <laughs> um, so I have, I did a podcast this week. Don't always do a podcast, uh, but it's a bigger event. So I did a Sunday podcast, wrote a big article. You wrote a great article as well. Um, but before we dive into the odds board, uh, is there anything course related that you want to talk about in terms of what you're looking for this week? I, I think what makes the tournament unique is like all the elements outside of the course itself, like the crowd atmosphere. I think there's a big correlation with playing well in majors, playing well in Ryder Cups, playing well in President's Cups. I agree. I talked about that in my article too. Yeah. And I think actually like low key, this would be a really good president's cup course. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's a good match play course now. Yeah. I I mean, you want risk reward. There's a lot of things here that like really remind me of TPC Louisiana. Uh, I think the the closing charge is like almost identical. And the that fact that you know that play. much about TPC Louisiana off the top of your head, <laughs> <laughs> I like, well, I mean, you hit a winner there with Xander last year. I don't know. I did if, eight if you to watched one. Any so down proud the of it. Yeah, but no, I, I the reason I remember it is because I had uh, Burns and Horschel. I bet them every single uh, year, and they, their number like cuts in half every year. But th- th- it was seventeen, and it's a drivable four. And uh, Burns pulled it left into the water. And there was this controversial like ruling. And this whole time I was like, wait a second, this is like I'm I'm running the holes back here. This is like we're replaying uh Scottsdale. So then I just kept a little mental note of it. That's like in swampland, so it's the opposite of like the firm conditions. But yeah, the way but that the, the water TPC kind of like courses with like, it. Yeah, and they're like a lot of them are designed with a very specific purpose in mind. Like these are the a lot of these TPC courses and the TPC network, like they're specifically designed for tournament golf. And a lot of the templates get used over and over again. Like all these TPC courses, it's like, okay, do we have a par three coming down the stretch with water and play? Check. Do we have a risk reward par five with water and play? Check. Do we finish with like a longer par four, you know, a la TPC Sawgrass or something of that ilk? Check. Like they're very, very similar in their setup. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. 
and, and like TBC Twin Cities, I think is a really good. Oh comp. yeah, agree. And Sawgrass just has really good overlap. I, I, Sawgrass is a less than driver course, but it's still approach emphasis and it's Summerlin still too. High yeah, yeah. Summerlin, Summerlin a little bit too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's go through the odds board. So we have a situation in our hands, John, where it seems like Rory and Rom have kind of emerged as like there's a little bit of they're in their own tier and you know kind of like you could kind of group Scheffler in there like i'm we're recording this on a monday evening and the highest using the odd checker grid that i can find on rory or rom is plus 900 and Scheffler is kind of in that 13 12 14 bucket but rory rom i assume you're not going there from a betting perspective but if you had to choose between those two guys who are you picking uh, probably take the better number. I think obviously Rom plays this every year. Scottsdale, Homer, ASU yeah. alum. He almost won Brown it as an amateur him. actually in 2015. Yeah. Yeah. And it's almost at a point where it's like borderline concerning that he hasn't won here yet because he's one of the favorites every year he comes here and he yeah. finishes between like fifth and 12th every year. Well, there are a couple guys like that here. It's like, you look at like Rom, Xander, and JT, and it's like they've literally done everything here but win. Right. And when you're an elite, I'm almost like, well, why aren't you winning? And are you contending when you're finishing fifth, or are you just kind of backdooring your way up there? Because that's what Rom did last year. He was never really in the mix, and then he just had a, a hot Sunday and he kind of backdoored it. Whereas with Rory, he's only played the event once. And then my question is like, well, why are you avoiding this event? Because it's so much fun. You tend to do really well in the desert one at cj cup just right. one in the desert in dubai like the, that's another one summit, summit club is another good comp i forgot about too that's another one yeah yeah and so you know rom or rory it's so hard to handicap because you could put them anywhere and that they bring their a game they're going to win i wonder why rory's been avoiding this event for so long but i would probably lean rory right now but between the two Okay, so Rory or Rom, you're choosing Rory. I'd probably go with Rom in this spot. Let me ask you this: Xander or Scotty? Just all things aside, you need to you need to you need to bet one or play one in DraftKings. Xander or Scotty? I like Scotty. I think uh, everything's there besides the putter, and he putted really well here the last time he was here. This is his first career win, um, and you know he played well before he won here too. Um, I do you have insight on is the back like 100% now for Xander? What yeah, he's there? fine because he went from I got a withdraw, I can't take a full swing to, to finishing. Right, he's totally, he's totally fine. He's, <laughs> he's just gone. Yeah, he's fully healthy. It wasn't like a big, I don't think it was a huge thing to begin with. It was a situation where he actually like didn't expect to withdraw from the tournament, like he thought he was all good to go and then he played a little bit and he noticed like a little bit of pain but then he came right back the next week and was fine so he's healthy Zan okay. i have no concerns about xander so but did you bet scotty no but i thought about it and i've seen him as long as 15 which if he opened at 15 this is a weird week because it was only DraftKings odds for a while mm -hmm. and then we didn't really know the odds were trickling in we had the delayed finish to pebble and all of that so odds were coming in left or right at different times very different from our usual setup of, of how we approach things. So I just kind of assumed Scotty wasn't going to be at a, at a bettable number. I'm happy with, with with the way the card came out in the end. But if I saw him at 15, that would have been definitely a thought. He hasn't won since the Masters, but his his T to green game has really not left him since then. Okay, I'm going to give you two more. I want to see if we're head to head on all four of these. Because you say, Scotty, I'd probably take Xander. You went with Rory. I'd probably take Rob. Cantlay or Finau? So that is a 1v1 that that I made on my card. And I went with with Cantlay, who I don't yeah, you probably I'd don't have access. I'd go Finau, yeah. So you did probably, you bet Cantlay? 20 did what you 21 or something like that? So I bet him at 21, and then Fox bet came out with enhanced odds at 25, which is ludicrous. Jesus, it's so hard <laughs> to keep up with all these places. I didn't even know Fox bet was a thing. Yeah, I mean, they're they might only be in New Jersey or like two states. See, um, what is the point of that? I don't understand that. <laughs> if you're if you're a sports book, like, isn't the point to get all of the visibility that you can and at least make an attempt to be legal in all the states that have legal sports betting? I I know there's some probably like red tape rules and stuff with some of this stuff, 
and legal agreements, but I didn't even know Foxbet existed. Yeah, I mean it's a whole it's a whole thing. It's but so tiring they... because like how much time do you <laughs> spend every day checking all of the sports books to find the best odds? After a certain point, it's like how many sports books do you have to go through now? Like twelve? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good thing about Odds Checker, about the lines, about right. any other like comparison tools you use. I'm not gonna lie, Odds Checker does not have Fox Bet. <laughs> no, exactly. So like they'll capture like 75% of it and then you know, I use Barstool if they've got good odds. I use Fox, Bet365. Those are three that are Bet365 like, really is usually really good. I feel like I'm texting you about a Bet365 bet every single week. I think every single week, I feel like Bet365 is good for having the best on the market at, in at least someone. Yeah. Any book that's going to offer enhanced odds is like, I think, right up our alley because we don't really care so much about each ways, which is what you're losing out on in enhanced. And I don't know anybody who just like cashes out in the middle of a golf tournament. That's where you lose with enhanced. And like, I've never even right. thought to do that. If I do, if I'm thinking about that, I'll just hedge on the other golfer. I'm not going to cash out. So I don't think there's any drawback to doing enhanced odds. So it's, it's great when books offer it. Um, okay. Last one, Colin or JT. I thought, okay. So we might be on opposite sides on all. I think of we're on opposite sides of all four. I thought you were going to ask this question too. And I really love Colin over JT. I like Colin a lot this week too. I just, if we're going head to head, I'm choosing JT. JT is probably in the worst form. He stinks. Of anyone in the top 10 of this board, right? Yeah, he stinks right now. I don't know. He's I, drifting. It's, it's indefensible. I don't know what number he would have to go to for me to bet it. Cause at this point, I'm like, I just want to see you look like the dominance multi-major champion winner that you are and not just like show up two times a year so were you on him when he won the players at 20 to 1 i was so, so i've got a soft spot like i yeah, appreciate jt me too and it's interesting like i remember that players week i remember it because this was like i didn't even have any form of a twitter following yet but i remember it was one of the first weeks where i was like kind of consciously on Twitter. And I think I followed like you and Brian and, you know, obviously like Rick and Pat Mayo, but no one really followed me yet. And I remember that being like a community win. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know that there was a community here, but it was like, a, <laughs> I don't know. I remember that week because it was one of my like first conscious weeks on Twitter. If you go back and I remember what everyone was talking about was like, okay, the second JT hits 20, that's when you pounce. And if you look at um if you look at his form heading into that players week when he hit 20, he was playing, in my opinion, there's some missed cuts in there, but there are a lot of high-end finishes too. He was playing way better entering that players than he is now. So I was really aggravated last night and I was talking to you guys about this over text. Like I didn't understand why he hadn't hit 20 because he's playing way worse right now than he was heading into that players when he finally hit 20. And then finally you start to see, we got that drift and I ended up betting him at 24 to one, which I still think is a good number, but yeah, I can't defend the recent form. It's not good. Yeah. The course history is great. And that's factored in. That's the only reason that he's being pulled back to sub 20 in most places. But Colin, I, I think I guess he's being penalized for lack of course history, but he's played here once he led the field in T to green and he was an awful putter. Lost like five strokes putting. Yeah. He's like one of the worst in the field. That's kind of who Colin is, but he's gained in his first two starts in the new year. And he's obviously made putting uh, coaching changes and technical changes and seems to be paying off so far. So you have optimism about the putter with Colin to a course that he's already like played well in and, and plays well in all the comps. So, I'm a, I'm a big fan of him, and, and I feel like at least every time you bet Colin, you're just hoping that he doesn't suck putting. Okay, actually, one more, because I'm kind of having fun with this. Sung Jay or Tom Kim? Tom Kim. Did you bet Tom Kim? Yeah. All I right, did. make 35. the case. Make the case. One at, at um, Shriners, which I think is the actual best comp. Yeah. Um, You've got the, the Ryder Cup narrative, or I should say President's Cup narrative. Yeah. Where you see he kind of relishes this crowd. He plays into it. He hit a birdie when he was completely out of it at the stadium course, but it was like, a, you know, the, the like Alcatraz Island hole. 
And he, he was talking about, like, you're talking about American Express, that one. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most re- that was his most recent start. He finished like a backdoor T6. Yeah. And he hits this like 15 foot putt in front of the crowd. And he does like one of these, like, listen to the crowd, like, amp him up. Like, yeah, he he's lives gonna, for this. He's going to love this week. Yeah. yeah. He's going to love this week. So I love that. I like him on these positional courses where the ball's just going to fly and it, it doesn't really matter that he's, he's not like losing to the field by a lack of distance. And then the the like ace in the hole, I think, is is the caddy because he's got Joe Scrob on the bag, all that history with Ricky. I, I think it's not a coincidence. And I listened to a recent podcast that Joe was on, and he mentioned that at Sony, which was Tom Kim's like worst showing of his career, which was all putting, putting, by the way. Yeah, he he still hit the ball fine. Yeah, which I and I think that's probably an area that the caddies maybe helped the most reading the greens and giving him a line and all that. And he said he hadn't been there in over a decade because Ricky always skipped that event. So I was like, okay, so maybe there's a correlation there that the, the caddy's really helping. He's a rookie. He needs somebody experienced to lean on seeing all these courses for the first time. And now he's going to a course that Ricky's probably been, you know, as dominant as, as many others in this field. And you got to give some of the credit to the caddy. So I like that. He's got him in his corner. Um, okay, actually, actually, last one because I'm having fun with this. Would you rather bet Cam Young or Hovland? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, I would go Cam Young. I think me Hovland's too. course history scares me a little bit. Yeah, I watched him at Pebble well Beach, here. and something felt like just a little bit off. He looked, he looked solid. He looked good. He didn't look like I'm gonna go win a golf tournament next week. Good, but something just felt a little bit off to me. And I have no idea. Is it the Saudi course? I mean, I, I didn't watch any of it, but isn't that like a desert driver heavy kind of wide open course that like DJ always, I know Abe answer ended up beating him. Who's like kind of the ultra short positional guy, but isn't that course like kind of desert completely wide open driver heavy, you know, at altitude as well. Yeah. I think that's a solid comp. It's, it's your standard desert conditions, definitely more open. So you can bomb away there and, and not have to be as accurate. But it's it's a desert, so it's firm conditions. You get more rollout in the fairway. You kind of make up for it if you're somebody like an Abe. But I actually think it's a very similar, like he's almost the same player as Tom Kim off the tee, where they just hit that low straight bullet that doesn't go very far, but it can roll. So yeah, Cam Cam Young. The, the only thing I would worry about with Cam Young would be like jet lag coming back as a very long flight back from from waste management. But aside from that, he was somebody that we both liked. He, de- at the he definitely flew private, right? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah, to I, that's got. I, I remember where was he? Scottish Open last year, maybe he was all. He shot like an eighty round one, and then and then he was like great for the rest of the Open, and he was getting interviewed, and he was like, Ooh, yeah, good point. I, so I maybe could not maybe adjust. wait, maybe wait and see where he's at after round one on Cam Young. Yeah, but I mean, it's a good fit, and you know, he's circling a win, and and he was a popular bet. He opened at like forty five. He's been bet down to like thirty. Okay, so you bet Patrick Cantlay, you bet Tom Kim. Who else did you you bet Morikawa? So you're probably running out. Who else you got? I also bet Tommy Fleetwood. Okay. And I, I guess my next question I would have asked you was Fleetwood or Lowry. <laughs> uh that's a good that was a hard one. I bet Tommy Fleetwood because I I found I actually I bet him at 75 and then Fox bet is just ridiculous this week. They had a 90 on him. 
So I've got a 90 on now. Tommy Fleetwood. <laughs> yeah, it's we it's ridiculous. Have, talk after the show about that one. That's ridiculous. Because I, I know he's your boy too. So no, and I just got a text from one of my friends about a Shane Lowry 80, which oh. felt a little irresponsible to me as well. So that's a decision I have to make as well. But what's yeah. the what's the Fleetwood case? So debutante. So I don't love that. That's another one where like, why are you skipping this event? You this is a fun event. You have to like actively avoid it to not come here. Obviously, I think the answer to that is because there's more money in it now. Um, but got his win, got you know, he, he got his win on the DP World Tour. So I think that that narrative is sort of aside. He still hasn't won on the PGA Tour, but he's recently tasted victory. Yeah. Um, and a really good, you know, he's, he's known for his approach play. He was one of these guys I was looking at who are the best approach players who actually tend to lose strokes from 200 plus because that kind of gets removed here. And he's a guy whose who's approach numbers get even better when you take away the long range approaches. So he was somebody I have my eye on, did not expect to see him 75 plus. I thought I think consensus odds on him are around 60, uh, which is fair. I, I wouldn't be able to bet him if he was that short. But yeah, I mean, good player. This is not an event that you want to go crazy on long shots, but Tommy Fleetwood, somebody who plays well in majors, plays well in big moments, has played in plenty of Ryder Cups and, and had a pretty good track record there. So even though he hasn't been in this environment yet, he's kind of battle tested in these stressful, high energy events. Yeah, I agree. I mean, so like I- I'm not even considering, I- and I'm not. We can talk about some of these guys for like DraftKings and top twenty purposes, but like, do you, I don't. I I feel quite strongly that this event is going to be one. Like, I would not even dream about going past Fleetwood. I have no interest in betting guys above a hundred to one this week. Yeah. And, you know, I'll say I, my card was done and he was at 75. And then somebody on Twitter was like, hey, check out Fox Bet. And it's like, I got this free house money. So I added Corey Connors at 110, which Ooh. is also a ridiculous number. That's like double what, what industry consensus is. Okay. Let me ask you Corey Connors or Keegan Bradley? Who do you think is more likely to win this week? Keegan. I've, okay. I've, but the narrative I like for Corey Connors is. He is on a very similar trajectory as Justin Rose, where both of them had not won since 2019, basically a month apart. And I don't if when I say that, which one feels longer ago? Justin Rose's Farmers win in 2019 or Corey Connors Valero Texas Open win? Because to um, me, it feels like it feels like Corey Connors won in like 2016. Yeah, I'd probably say Connors. <laughs> It feels like it feels like decades with Connors, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I guess it does for both of them. But with with Rose, you're just like he must have won something since then, and you can't believe on the Euro Tour or something. Yeah, it feels like Connors' <laughs> drought has been longer for sure. Yeah, so I guess it's not as long as you would think. He's someone who surprises in majors. He's always kind of there at the Masters, even though it's not the best comp for this week. But I want elite ball strikers here. You know, he's going to be consistent there. Bad putters have done really what well. there's a long list of bad putters who've found a way to get it done here. So 100 to one, maybe he has a career putting day and then all of a sudden he's a guy who can contend. Okay, let's do rapid fire on a couple of these and then we'll talk a little bit of NFL Super Bowl. Um, But these guys are at the same number. Say hypothetically, these guys are at the same number and you have to bet or play one of them. Sahith or Taylor Montgomery? Sahith. Me too. Ricky Fowler or Jason Day? Oh, that's a good, like, long term question, too. It's a good one. The Renaissance. Both, both on my fantasy team. I, I love I, them both. Well, I drafted Jason Day in my season long, I think, over, over Ricky. But on this course, I'm taking Ricky. Yeah, I think I'd take Ricky, too. Speeth or Burns? I, I love that question. So, Speeth was dangerously close to being my spotlight pick this week. And the reason I didn't do it. He was so frustrating last week at Pebble because he was like my big one and done guy and I was counting on it. And I played a lot of him in DraftKings too. I played like 100% Hovland and like 80% Spieth. Like my strategy last week was I went really, I played like total stars and scrubs and I was super heavy on Hovland, super heavy on Spieth and luckily super heavy on Keith Mitchell too. And so I watched a lot of Spieth and like, it's just like something isn't clicking. He has no business in that field finishing 60th at fucking Pebble Beach. <laughs> yeah. I mean, once it went to Monday, I was like, I'm not paying up for anybody on a short week. 
And those conditions are brutal. I remember like the week after the players, guys were like just a shell of themselves playing through rough conditions like that. And they had like yeah. hail going on. Like that's not great. And that's supposed to be one of those courses where like regardless of form speed just shows up. So if he's not showing up there, then I can't buy into the course history here. But you know, I, you know, I'm just, I'm. Yeah, I was going to say. So why were you, why why was he in consideration for spotlight just because of the potential value? I mean, the numbers are pretty good on him. Like you can probably find forties and fifties on him. Yeah, um, course history is solid. He got off to a decent start. So when I was considered, like my first impressions on like Saturday were before he was done with, you know, when he was just getting started in his third round, and he he was horrible his last two rounds. So that that I think pushed me off on him. And also, you know, spotlight is tough because I feel an obligation that I have to bet it once I put somebody in there. And I didn't know if I was going to bet like a Scheffler at 15 when, when the yeah. week started and all that. You kind of get a little help in a week like this for DraftKings already had the uh, the pricing up. But anyway, I guess I guess I would still go speed over Burns. I think I would too. For some reason, my model like despises Burns this week. I even haven't even like spent the time to really dive into why that is. But I remember over the weekend when everyone was freaking out over the 55, I remember not really sharing that same enthusiasm. Aaron Wise or Billy Horschel? Um, uh, Horschel. I, I'm pumping the brakes on Wise. He's got bad history here. Uh, oh, this is actually where he, I think, four-putted twice. Uh, so one of his like last forays into the non-broomstick days were here. Horschel has solid history here. And I guess there's a little concern about his swing because he's like very critical about his own swing being shit. Yeah, he was um, but... he was going to withdraw for some reason to work on his swing, and then I guess this is his first start back, so we don't even know if it was a successful if he fixed it or not. Yeah, I'm not betting either, but I I would take Horschel in that one v one. Okay, I guess last one because now we're starting to get a little weird. Poston or Kucher, or Putnam or Todd or Denny. I'm going to give you like a group of five, but that <laughs> they're all the same. Like, yeah, they're all the same guy. But Putnam, Poston, Kucher, Todd, Denny, who is your favorite of that group? I think it's Putnam. So Putnam's okay. 7,000. Poston. Put, Poston's on a good run. He had those three straight 21sts, and then he had a top 10 after that. He's yeah. trending in the right direction. I think he has pretty solid history here. Kucher really let me down last week. Let a lot of people down. A lot a of bummer. people bet him. Yeah, that was a bummer. I don't but, know what happened there other than like that he's Matt Kuchar and he's just old. So I think we can blame the weather. I think sure. it was a weird week for a lot of people. I mean, I know Putnam was popular too, and he missed the cut pretty badly. I think I don't know if there's any truth to this, but I would think like ball speed is a lot more important when there's gusts and, and wind blowing everything around. Like you gotta sure. be like a top tier ball striker to light it differently and stuff like that. And Kuchar's kind of just like advancing it over there so give him give him dome conditions here i've got him on my season-long fantasy team i'm i'm locking him into the lineup so i do like kuchar but i think putnam's got a really steady floor i think he's made like six straight cuts here and is like top 10 in strokes gained on the 2023 season already so misprice in dfs i'm curious if his ownership goes up but i I like the price at seven thousand. okay give me uh give me one Who's your favorite long shot to it could be for a DraftKings play, uh top 20, whatever it may have you, but like what's one more guy before we talk a little bit of football that you want to shout out? I guess Brendan Steele makes a lot of sense here, just going back to like the ball striking narratives. I think Southern Hills is not the worst comp if you've just removed the element of wind because it's super firm, not a ton of rough tight runoffs around the green, high pressure of a major. He finished That's top 15 yeah. there and Sawgrass last year too, like solid high pressure comps. And he looked great for like three rounds at the Farmers. Um, can't putt, horrible putting stroke too. Like he's one of those guys who just does not pass the eye test when you like, you know who the bad putters are, but you see this guy on the green you're like, you know, that is the, not I, was going just, I was just thinking about this. You know, who's the ultimate does not pass the eye test guy is Peter Malnati. Like if you watch Pierre Malnati play golf, it is shocking to me how he's on the PGA tour. He is so depend. His swing is so dependent on timing. 
he it he, he doesn't really move his body. He kind of just like moves his hands and like saves it at the last minute with a really high finish. Like if you watch Peter Malnati play, he's like the ultimate. How is this guy a professional at what he's doing? Yeah, the scene of whoever followed his group at the pro am trying to figure out who was the pro and who was the am was probably very confusing. <laughs> very confused. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I have. Um, I don't know if I have like anyone else down here. Yeah, Steele, I interrupted you, but you, his putting stroke is probably the biggest concern, right? I mean, oh it, God, this is a course so that neutralizes putting a little bit. It's pretty easy. This velvet back grass overseed, they did this at my course in California. It almost like it's very smooth. So I would imagine like it almost plays more like a bet. It's overseeded. So it you you get rid of a lot of that grain that you see in a typical Bermuda and it actually runs like super smooth. So if you start the ball on it, and I mean, you could make the argument that maybe this plays into the hands of elite putters too. But if you start the ball on the right line on this like type of velvet bent grass overseed, like these run super freaking smooth. Yeah, it actually makes sense to me that this is one of the few courses that Hideki can consistently putt well on because it I always think that his stroke looks pretty solid and he's just missing. Like he's just not lining it up. I don't know why right? the toe is up. He he has that the is toe weird. up. That's the it's but it, you're right. It's setup related. His stroke always looks fine. Fino, very similar. Like the toe is like yeah. way too high. Yeah, yeah <laughs> one of the first two it's rounds weird. of him at the farmers, both, and I'm like, we're back yeah. to the Mexico Open here again. Like, what well, we oh, made man. so much progress. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but I so I don't have anyone else. Do you have anyone else that you want to shout out and we could talk some a well Super Bowl at the end? I know Brandon Wu is, is kind of your boy past yeah. um yeah, yeah. He's he was circles. right, he was right there at, at Pebble. You like yeah. this spot for him? I don't really know who he is yet like i don't know what his game is i was looking on like data golf profiles it's kind of like i don't know if we have everything. enough of it yeah i don't know if we have enough of a sample size yet with with yeah. brandon will he's but a killer I test? like he's he's i test yeah he's a silent assassin like when we played in high school he just like didn't speak and went about <laughs> his business and then just like beat everybody by eight strokes yeah he's kind of becoming a coastal guy because he was great at the mexico open he was good last week there's one other event that he finished up in the mix he's coming off a t3 um and you know just saw a lot of shots from him and he he looked pretty composing he's like 6200 on DraftKings, so he'll probably be in my pool it's funny you said malnati because like he also finished top three and i'm like i'm not touching this guy at like (laughs) even cheaper so i'm staying away from him yeah there's there's a few other guys but like we said you know both of us are kind of on the same page here like these guys aren't winning top 40 bets maybe once you're down this low and sure it, it will be important to hit the right like 6k guys for dfs because you're going to want exposure to rom rory scheffler you probably want one of those guys in your lineup and if you do you're going to need to do a little bit more stars and scrubs so have you dove in into the super bowl prop market yet slash are you a big props guy like are you the type of guy that is lining up like 10 15 props for the super bowl or do you keep it more simple Yes. Yes and no. So for the lines this year, we're doing a sort of like mega prop cast where everybody on the staff contributes like two articles of two different props and makes a like conjoined video of all of our favorite plays. So I'm my favorite bet every year is the Gatorade shower color. I've already gone halfway into a deep analysis of it. I hit it last year and the year before. I've already had people DMing me what it's going to be. <laughs> I've established credibility in the market, and I'm excited to get that video out. I'm going to record it tomorrow. And the other one is the national anthem length. Which okay, I've so you're never... not going football at all. I thought we were going to start breaking down this game. You're not even. <laughs> we're not even remotely talking about the football game here with where you're going down, huh? Well, uh, we'll we'll get there, but okay, you know, we'll get I, I there. like to start with the the evergreen novelties that sure. that that come every time. But I've actually never bet the national anthem problem. I don't know if you have, but the no. more that I'm researching it, um, it's actually not a legal bet. So you, Is it really? if you're not going to bet it offshore, because there's not like an official statistician that's marking beginning to end, and uh, you can't regulate it. Sure, so, I guess that makes sense. So apparently there's a market of like what's going to be longer, the longest scoring drive and clock time or the national anthem, something like that. But every book's going to do something different. So that's actually going to be a tricky one for me to research, but I will be putting some sort of content out on that. 
those are my two novelties. And then okay. for the game itself, let's see. I mean, I'll always do a first touchdown. I haven't looked into who, those who do, odds. Who do you I'll, like I'll for try first to... touchdown, just like off the top of your head? I want to say Hurts, but I feel like he's going to be pretty short. The Eagles do this where if they're on the goal line, they do that that full-on stacked package and they just QB mm-hmm. sneak and they're like 99% converting it all year. Yeah. So I, I kind of like that. Um, but both of these teams actually spread it around a lot. I know Kelsey gets a lot of the touchdowns for KC, but these are two teams that I've actually really, I, I bet every primetime first touchdown game. And these are two teams that I've kind of struggled to, to hammer down, but I would say Hertz is my first lean. What about you? I'm, you know me, I'm not betting that shit. I'm not betting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm first, looking at the odds as we go. First touchdown. No, I don't do that stuff. I like the chiefs. I think the chiefs are going to win the game. I bet the chiefs money line. And then I'll, I'll look into some like receiving and rushing yard props and stuff like that. I think Pacheco's, I just, I'm high on Pacheco in general. I just think he's really good. Um, and I think that the chiefs actually should run the ball a little bit more than they do. I know that's a little bit of a hot take when you have Mahomes, but I think they should utilize Pacheco more even in the short passing game. So I think like it, if we're talking long shot MVPs and like, over rushing yards, over receiving yards. If they stick to the game plan that I think they should, which is a solid utilization of Pacheco, he's a player that I have interest on just in terms of like overs. But I haven't done my full deep dive yet. Like I haven't, if I asked you like game script wise, like how do you think this game plays out at like a macro level? Like, what what would you say? Do you think it's high scoring? Do you think it's low scoring? Do you think it's a, a blowout? Do you think it's close? Like, what do you think the general game script will be? Because that's be how low I scoring. start out. That's how I, like, once I figure out that, then that's what I make the move with with my props. Yeah, I think this is a better Chiefs defense that we've seen in a long time. And the Eagles are so stacked. They have so much depth at every position on defense that I, I think it's going to, I mean, it's Mahomes, but it's also not a 100% Mahomes and uh, some skill positions that are kind of on the men too for I, Chiefs. I, that's why I think Pacheco, like Pacheco's their best, like outside of Kelsey, Pacheco's their third best player on that offense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the receiving core is, is lost. So, um, but it's Mahomes. So hopefully two weeks of break is enough for us to get a hundred percent Mahomes. And it's not another, even the receiving core, even some of that receiving core is banged up too, right? I don't even yeah, think, I think Juju's 100%. not a hundred percent. Juju's definitely not a hundred percent. The Chiefs, Valdez, Scantling, I think yeah, is, the Chiefs wide receivers have a ton of injuries themselves too. Yeah, you know, so we're a pair of Giants fans, and it's just really hard for me to be objective about the Eagles because I hate them. I hate the and Eagles. They kicked our ass. Like they're just such a better team than we are, and we knew that. And I, I knew that if we were to face the Eagles. You know, once we, we beat the Vikings, like that was the end of the season. Yes, they're just so much better than us, and there's nothing that we can do about it. So I don't want them to win because then it's just like completely demoralizing. And you know, they played an easy schedule this week and this year, and that sort of factors into the line, I guess. But they're a good team; like you can't really take anything away from them. So I've I would lean towards the Eagles winning this, but I don't want that to happen. Really? Which puts me you, in a so you if position. you had to so if you had to pick just winner of the game, you'd go Eagles, huh? Yeah, I think they have the better roster. I sure. agree that they have the better roster. I do think that this will be I do think they played a much easier schedule than the Chiefs, and that this will be I mean, their path to the Super Bowl historically has been one of the easiest paths that I can remember in recent memory. Even if you like go at a macro level and look at their full schedule, like they haven't played anyone this year. Yeah, but it's it's almost like a, uh, and that's not their fault. You can only play who's in front of you, but like they haven't. I, I just think there's a bit of a step up in class, and they haven't they haven't played anyone this year. And their playoff path, I mean, they got so. I don't want to say lucky, but I mean, I just, you know, Brock Purdy gets hurt on like what the second, second or third play of the game. And I was always lower on that giants team than most. I I never thought they were going to put up a big fight. So yeah, I agree. I think the Eagles have a better roster. I think the chiefs pull out like a close one, 
I don't see a blowout on either side. I think this is like if you're asking me score prediction, I'm going like 24-20 Chiefs. Yeah, I I think it's a once uh, like a a three point game. I both defenses are too good and both offenses are too explosive to really get out of it. I think you're not going to keep either of these offenses completely silent all night. So I think it's going to be a good game. I lean Eagles, but I like don't want to bet on the Eagles. So then I'm like, do I emotionally hedge this so that I put money on the Eagles? And if I lose that bet, I'm still happy that the Eagles lost. I don't hate the Eagles that much that I would do that. If it was the Cowboys, I probably would. Just like kind of annoys me that the Eagles are good, but it's not going to like ruin my day if they win. And there's ways with the prop market where you can like make bets on what an Eagles win would look like without actually betting the Eagles. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah, Yeah. I can take the overs on like Hertz and AJ Brown and they lose in a shootout and everyone's happy. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything else, buddy. Anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? What's your schedule look like this week? What else you got going on for the lines? Well, I was going to ask first, do you have any uh, Knicks trade deadline wish list? I was just at the game against the Clippers. You know, I, if we could find a way to move the Fournier contract, I've been hearing some like, have you heard this Zach Levine stuff? I, I was hoping that we were done with that in the first hour that it was reported yeah i don't i don't i don't (laughs) like that one at all i mean only if you could get i understand if you're talking about like getting him at a very depressed price right like if you're if you really get a true buy low on zach levine who still like when he was healthy is putting up 25 points a game like if you get if we get a brunson levine backcourt like we're gonna freaking score I mean that is a we, that is going to be a pretty potent offense, but I do not think that we are any one move away from being a real threat in the Eastern Conference. I don't think this is a time to go all in. I think this is still a time to strategically maneuver and make smaller moves around the edges and continue to build long term. I don't think we're like a move. I don't think we're like an OG Ananobi away from being the second or third best team in the Eastern Conference and beating the Bucks. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I think we need to construct the roster so that it will attract a star. Whatever we got to do to do that, like clear cap space or keep guys who are making a lot of money so that we can do a trade yeah. like a Fournier swap or something like that. But what do you OG think, what do you think about us... Carl Anthony Towns as a guy we go after this summer? That might be the most realistic superstar that we could get, in my opinion, is Towns this summer. Yeah, I think um, that would be great. I would be very happy with that. I think the ideal, you got to move. I, I don't think... A I don't Brunson, know how the RJ yeah. Randall plus another I gonna, star. I was going to say, I don't know how the Towns Randall fit would be either. Yeah, I don't know if that works, but anything to make Julius Randall not be the guy taking the last shot in crunch time is an improvement on the roster. Unfortunately, I don't think that solution exists at this trade deadline. So I, I don't really want to like mortgage all of our first round picks here. Maybe we make a move in the draft or something, but. I think we're basically a six, seven, or eight seed, no matter what we do in in this trade deadline. I agree. I think our ceiling is. I think that if we could, I think that we could win a playing game, right? Like, I think we'll probably end up being. It'd be sweet if we were like the six seed, and we didn't, which is realistic, I think. But I don't see us. There's no chance we're beating a Milwaukee a Boston, even a Cleveland. There's no chance we're beating any of those teams in a seven-game series. Or It's, a fu- it's or funny a how matter. they're just the Giants. And it's like, <laughs> we're kind of overachieving right As now. As New York sports fans, we're in such like demoralizing <laughs> purgatory. It's like, and there's the, the worst thing not, about it. We're not a laughing stock anymore. None of these teams are laughing stocks anymore. I mean, I guess like the Jets are still kind of a laughing stock, but there's no... We're not one move away or even two. Like it feels like we're getting closer, but we're really not that close in the in, for the Giants or the Knicks from winning a title. We're just not. No, no, but we're we're not a laughing stock. So it feels like a win if we're like 
the goal is get in the playoffs. That's what it was for the Giants, and we're all happy. Like we won right. a game and in the playoffs. Solved, That's great. And we solved the coach thing. Like I think Dable, yes. we're gonna have Dable for years, which is Gettleman's awesome. gone. And I like, fucking love Dable. And Galladay's about to be off the books. Things are going in the right direction. Um, yeah. Thank and God. for the Knicks, if we, if we can peak at a six seed, that's great. Show everybody in the playoffs that we're like a fun team to be on. And then somebody requests a trade. And that's the only way that we're going to be relevant in the NBA. But we'll see. One, one year at a time. Thing with the NBA too is it changes so quickly in terms of like disgruntled superstars. So we're literally um we could be like five minutes away from Trey Young being like, yo, fuck Atlanta. Like I'm over this shit. That's what's <laughs> kind of cool about the NBA is like, you know, you never know who's gonna pop up. You know what I mean? And so if we could get to a point where New York once again is like an attractive destination for disgruntled superstars i think we're getting closer to that point yeah i mean it didn't work out for the nets really in the end but <laughs> no, that's sure what didn't. happened like the nets were like oh my god that team made it to the playoffs right i'll go over there and duran right, is like yeah. hey Kyrie, let's do that and like they were the best team in the league for like a year or two and then it, it, it didn't work out but like that right. could easily happen with the next year Right. Um, all right, John, where can everybody find you this week? You talked about a prop show that you're doing, but give give everybody the rundown on what you got going on this week. Yes. So tournament preview is out. I'll have a sleepers article out tomorrow morning. Tuesday afternoons, I've started up a new video series, which is a mini preview and then kind of expanding on um, who I'm betting, which would be probably a little duplicative of what we talked about here and but that can be dip? found where on the wines youtube channel yes exactly. is that in podcast form as well or just youtube i think it's just youtube it's meant to okay. be a made for youtube the lines bread and butter is actually youtube that's where they have their biggest following i think they have okay cool over thirty thousand subscribers now so um realized there. that that i was contributing nothing to that so i was like you know what let's go over there but happy to have you know that that video space so that'll be out on Tuesdays and then I'll also be recording um some of those prop videos for the Super Bowl which will probably go out Thursday or Friday this week awesome buddy John Hasselbauer PGA tout on Twitter it was good to see you my friend we'll do this again soon looking forward to being back in New York we'll play some golf yeah you let me know I actually have a trip planned I'm, I'm planning to go uh to LA in June for oh the US seriously? Open. Oh, I, I am shit. trying to get in there. Yeah, I haven't really set any plans yet, but well, let um, me know if you need a place to stay. Are you I going you so, know, solo will. trip, or or you bring the fiance as well? So it, what's happening is there's a wedding in Lake Tahoe, and oh. I can't fly direct there. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to fly to L.A., spend like three or four days there, and then I'll LA, meet the just rest of the FYI, family. L.A. is not close to Lake Tahoe. No, it, it's going to be a. I, I had to connect yeah. either way. So it's going to yeah. be like a quick little flyover, whatever. So, but I'll probably work from LA like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, go to the US Open Friday, and then fly out of there probably like Friday night. Sick. Okay. But yeah, I, I haven't planned anything yet. So once I know the details, I'll definitely try to find you. If you're, are you, do you have plans to go like every day to the US Open? I haven't locked it down yet, but yeah, I will definitely, I'll definitely be there. I mean, it's 10 minutes away from my house, so I'll, I'll definitely be there. And now it seems like with the stuff that I do with Golf Digest, I'll be able to, I, I think I'll be able to get in with credentials to, I don't know if it's worth like, I know I can for like Tory Pines and Riviera, some of the smaller ones where it's a lot easier. I don't know about the US Open. I don't even know if like I care that much about the US Open. Um oh, in terms on. of no no no. I, I I care about going in terms of like getting getting credentials for that. Oh, I mean you know I what I mean? I don't know how much because you've know, you've played much, there too, right? You know the grounds. I do. I do, but I don't know how much that I don't know how much it changes my experience. But I mean, TBD, I, I've gone to golf tournaments for so long. I'm so comfortable. And because once I started, when I started talking to Steve, he'll be on the podcast next week for Riviera. And he was telling me about some of the stuff that I was more so doing for Golf Digest. That's how Rick gets credentialed, is he does it all through Golf Digest. And they, they're really good with the credentials and stuff like that. So like for the smaller, like I wasn't able to make it to Tory this year, but 
there usually is an avenue now that I do writing for them to be credentialed. So that would that would be cool for the US Open, but I will be there no matter what. Like awesome. I because I will have you know, usually I go to usually I'm in New York by that time, but I think I'm just gonna delay it a little bit further and then go to New York right after that. And so we'll hit we'll probably try and hit like Placid again if you're up for that, maybe in August. Yeah, I got my bachelor party in the second week in August. So we okay. plan around we'll that. plan around that. Yeah. <laughs> but would love would love to run it back at LP. And I'll definitely, you know, hit you up when I'm in LA because I'm locked in on Friday has to be the day that I go to the US Open. Okay. Um, but I'll be there for a couple of days before. So we'll link up. All right. Awesome, buddy. It was good to see you. You too. All right. That is it for the podcast. We will be back on this feed next week talking Riviera, one of my favorite tournaments of the year, one of my favorite golf courses on the PGA Tour. And you can find me later this week, Golf Digest Experts Picks column. I have a YouTube video with Rick already out breaking down our favorite betting picks on his channel, 300 Yards to Unknown. I have another video with Jeff Feinberg talking Phoenix Open betting as well. That is on the Odds Checker YouTube page. My Golf Monthly betting picks article is out as well. And then all of my Rick Run Good articles will be on the website this week as well. So good luck with your bets this week. Enjoy the Super Bowl, and we will see you next time. Cheers. If I ventured in the slipstream Between the viaducts of your dream Where my world still runs crack And the dead center back road stop